Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 126 of Slamfire Radio for October 1st, 2015. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew McClatchy. And I'm Adriel Michaud. And Trevor's not here. I guess he said he was out shooting his uh, SKS and uh, Mosin to Gaunt at the range. Well, he, he said like he, got a new, he got a new Tapco stock for his oh, SKS yeah, and he got yeah. really excited. Um, and then one of those Nickstar red dots. Yeah, one of the uh, receiver cover ones that just kind of yes. like bolts on there. Yeah. Yeah, he said he was going to use just a little bit of JB Weld after he yeah. dremeled out a couple of small spots there to make it fit and uh, lock it right down. And uh, he said he'd probably get, you know, minute of like degree shooting out of that. Oh, def- uh, easily out to 500 yards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's good to MOA. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So well, M- MOD minute of degree, right? Not minute of angle. So six sixty sixty inches at a hundred. Uh, better be safe than sorry. I mean, it is an SKS. They are renowned for their accuracy. Mm-hmm. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. Reliability, uh, good for any animal at any range, pretty much. Per- basically, it uses the same round as the AK forty-seven. So it's and that it's thing will deadly. basically cut a man in half. Yep. So you heard it here on the internet first, folks. Except you didn't, because. <laughs> Uh, well, now that Trevor is exactly where he needs to be, which is under the bus, because he called in not showing up like 10 minutes before the show started. At least that's when I got the message. He may have actually been, you know, and, and he, he may, have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Whenever, considerate. He may have actually been considerate and, and, and let us know like an hour or two hours before. But I got it 10 minutes before the show. So, you know what? He's under the bus and he's going to stay there. That's always so, good fun anyways. Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess we can move into uh, what we did with guns this week. Um, Adriel. Oh, I get to start. Um, yeah. So I, I've, I, ha- I didn't make it out to the range this week, but uh, I did do a lot of uh, dry fire uh, practice um, with my uh, pistol and my AR. Um, mostly just, you know, practicing drawing from holster. Uh, that's something that I'm looking to, to speed what, up what a little bit. What kind of holster do you have for your AR? <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not for the AR. For the for the pistol practice draw from holster. Uh, for the the AR, mostly uh, mag changes, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just practicing side uh, off the uh, off belt uh, belt mag pouches, kind of a thing. Right. I've got a chest rig as well, but that's not nearly as fast as the uh, as the belt one. Well, so. that's that's the thing. We've uh, we've done some rifle shooting in the past, some competitions and stuff here. And uh, most of us who who end up being um, competitive have all gone to putting our, our mags on the on the belt. It's just it's faster than a chest rig. Yeah. If if I was to go into some sort of you know situation where rounds were coming back at me, then yeah, I want to carry all the ammo I possibly can. But whenever I'm running a, a three gun stage or a multi gun stage, I only need two or three mags. I'm not going to carry all my mags in a chest rig, and it's way faster off the belt. 
Yeah, I mean, if I was using five round mags for my rifle, I'd, maybe I would need that one of those chest picks, But <laughs> That's uh, true. Yeah, you probably would reload every five shots. I mean, yeah. That would be frustrating. No, you get I use, really good at reloading, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I use Beowulf mags, and, and that lets me use, you know, 14 or so. So yeah. I, don't, I don't need to have five mags across my chest. I can just run two in the pocket kind of a thing. Yeah. Just on the side. Um, yeah, so I, I was practicing uh, MMP uh, draw, sight picture, trigger pull, and that kind of thing. And I'm thinking of uh, maybe getting one of those MMP airsoft pistols. Uh-huh. There's... Um, there's a licensed one that that is like Smith and Wesson licensed. It's 150 bucks, which which sounds like a lot for a, a, a trumped up BB gun. But uh, if if the dimensions are the same and it fits my holster, what it'll let me do is pull the trigger and see where I'm hitting with it. Because um, it's it's one thing just to pull a, a a pistol up and get your sight picture and pull and the trigger click. and hear it yeah. click. Yeah. yeah. But it'd be nice to. Uh, you know, have a cereal box that I was aiming at or whatever and, and actually see rounds on target. Yep. What I ended up doing, uh, I, I've got a similar setup. I use a, I have a Glock, so I have a, a Glock knockoff Airsoft. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I took a cardboard box and then I took a, a cookie tray that that fit in the cardboard box on a 45-degree angle. And so you shoot through the side of the box and it hits the, the cookie tray on a 45-degree angle there yeah. and bounces the BB straight down. And uh, my wife's not happy with me ruining one of the cookie trays, but um, it uh, it works quite well. Keeps all the BBs in one spot, and uh, I can just pin up new targets on the outside of the box and uh, fire oh, away. I get you. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And you probably hear when you hit in there too, because well, it'll make a big ting, right? It really does. Yeah. So it's yeah. not while you're watching TV, but uh, <laughs> it's it it's it's good practice whenever you you know I want to get the get the gun out and practice some draws, and I'll get the timer out too. Do you have a do you have a shot timer? I've got a an Ipsic timer app on my phone, okay, and uh, it, it's pretty good. You know, like I I know a real timer is going to be better. Um, this one uses your microphone to he- to like listen for the click or the or or whatever the case might be. You can set yep. the sensitivity. So I had it set for the click of my pistol to uh, to tell me kind of how long it, it took for me to draw and, and pull the trigger on it. But uh, I could probably set sensitivity for uh, for an airsoft as well. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. the airsoft or the uh, the Ipsic one that I have, I have an actual one, and it doesn't record the click or anything. All I use it for is the beep. I just set mm-hmm. it up on on beep, and so it'll randomly beep, and that it just gets me conditioned to you know jumping at the beep and, and jumping into into action as fast as I can. But yeah. having one on your phone that would actually pick up the shots would be fantastic because then you could. You could see if uh, you know if you're improving or how you're doing that way. Are you on a, an iPhone or are you on an Android? I have an Android. Oh well, then you can use this one. It's called Ipsic, uh, like IPSC shot timer. It says beta on it, but it works for me. Cool. And it does the here when you hit the start and it goes beep, and then whenever you make a loud noise, it stops the timer, and then you can see what time you were at. Nice. Yeah, it does splits, but you can't really do that when you're in your house. Like maybe you could do a split with uh, airsoft if you're. Yeah, yeah I would think so. If if yeah. you can set it up to uh, to to the sensitivity of the airsoft, yeah, you'd be able to see what your splits are too. Yeah, I've used this timer for like timing out how long it takes me to reload uh, my shotgun because I'm mm-hmm. doing I'm I'm trying to do like speed reloads with it. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's been really good because you know I can my, my buddy's got the, this app as well, so. We can, you know, compete a little bit and see who's got the faster reload and, nice, you know, egg well, each look, other you, on kind of a thing. Yeah, you're doing it right. I mean, if you're going to train, train with a timer. 
I mean, we've said that so many times, but it's it's nice to see that people actually take uh, take it to heart and actually do it because you can train all day long without a timer and you're not going to get any better. You, I mean, maybe you'll get marginally better. But if you don't push yourself and if you don't have some sort of concrete evidence that you've done something right or done something wrong, you're not going to learn and you're not going to progress until until you're pushed that way. So, yeah, you're doing it right. That's That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's kind of what I'm thinking about is is just grabbing one of those airsoft so I can do the trigger press and see um, where rounds are hitting on target. But uh, is it uh, is it powered by green grass? Green grass. Uh, <laughs> green grass. I wish. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> just get your cow out, <laughs> chew away at that green grass, and your BB gun works. Now let's see here. MP9. What was it? Airsoft. I think it was green. Ga- uh, green gas. Now I'm going to say green grass. <laughs> green gas. Uh, where are we at here? Green gas, red gas, or propane? Okay. Yep. The yeah. Green gas is essentially propane, but with uh, some sort of uh, silicone lubricant embedded in it. So uh, yeah, that's that's what mine does as well. Uh, you can also get uh, CO2 powered ones, but I recommend the. The green gas ones, they're, they're a little bit, in my opinion, in my limited experience, a little bit easier to use. Awesome, so. yeah. Well, I'm just looking for something that fits the holster and puts yep. a hole in the target that I can use in the house and not have my wife yell at me. So That's right. I think, I think this fits the bill. Cool. Um, and then, so I, I got a Mossberg Blaze, I don't know, about a month or two ago. And uh, so it's a semi-automatic 22. And part of when you bought it at that time, they give you a coupon for two, uh, two more mags. Two more 25-round mags. Mm-hmm. So, And those just came in today. Like FedEx just showed up with them today. So now I have, I guess, 75 <laughs> rounds if, if, <laughs> if I fill up all my magazines for this thing, which uh, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever use them, but uh, that'll raise the resale value of it. How, uh, how many shots can you get through before it jams? I've never had it jam. It's, oh, it's well, there you go. That's good. When you see how it's made, it's got this big chunk of metal that like cycles back and forth in the in this plastic receiver, and uh, the re- the re- reliability is good. It's just the the disassembly and the sights and all these other things that are not fantastic. Um, gotcha. So it actually functions okay. It's just your yeah. your user user friendliness is is very low. Yeah, you know, if I shot, I don't know, 2,000 or 3,000 rounds through it and I went to clean it, it's the sights come off when you clean it, the iron sights. <laughs> so how am I supposed to figure out where they went? <laughs> you got to reset it. You're going to get really good at sighting it back in is what you end yeah. up, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Or, or you learn to clean it without taking it apart or something. I don't know. Yeah, they've, they've got some cantilever sight system that you wouldn't need to reset it. I mean, but the long story short, I mean, the, the 795 or a 1022 or something like that doesn't have that kind of ridiculousness. So yeah, I yeah. think I'd, I'd rather have one of those. But yeah, anyways, I got some mags in. I think that's that's about it. All I did with guns this week. Well, was, that sounds fun. A little bit more than what I did. I didn't do anything until today because today is October 1st. And that's the opening day of bird season. Uh, well, I think it's actually deer season too, but I, I don't hunt deer, so I birds, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, grabbed the the uh, jumpings of the four ten slash twenty two. What the heck is it? Double badger. There we go. The Kiapa double badger. I grabbed oh, yeah. that yeah. and uh, tossed it in the truck and went for a drive out in the woods and saw a bunch of squirrels. Um, but I uh, didn't see any grouse. It was really windy today, so I wasn't expecting to see any, but really, I just want to get out in the woods and, and go armed hiking. So, 
that's what well, I did. A day out in, in the in the wild is a, a good day usually. So, are you just going for grouse out there? Are there any other uh, uh, birds that you're going for? Uh, that's all that's in season is uh, for small game is grouse and snowshoe hare. So okay. that that's all we can go after for small game. Um, with our small game license, of course, all our varmints are included too, so I can coyotes mm-hmm. and crows and groundhogs and, and whatnot. But uh, the only two game species that uh, that you'd want to eat are, uh, are snowshoe hare and grouse. It's all we have in season for for small game here in New Brunswick. And for deer, do you just not have uh, many around there, and that's why you don't go for them? Basically, yeah. Where I live, up in the northern part of the province, uh, we have moose. Um, we don't really have deer, and uh, mm-hmm. the deer haven't been here. The, uh, they actually closed the hunting season here for a while. I think it's still closed over where Trevor lives. Like they're just way, way overhunted, and the population is like gone. Mm. Down in the southern part of the province, they're all over the place. Lots of deer down there. Just up here, there aren't very many. So I see no point in wasting my money getting a deer tag when I've seen. Oh, let's see. I think I've seen three deer in the seven years that I've lived up here. Oh wow! So there's just there's no sense in me going after deer up here. Yeah, around October, November, if if I'm driving and it's in the early morning, or if it's at late like later uh, in, into dusk, uh, I'm seeing a deer every yeah. say half hour when wow. I'm driving. Yeah. Yeah. No, not not here. Mm. So. Oh well, yeah. birds are still fun to shoot. Oh, I love it. That's, that's yeah. my favorite. I yeah, they're they're easy to clean. You can get six of them in a day if you want. Well, <laughs> I might get six this season, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, and they're they're tasty and just you know yeah. they're just easy and and it's fun. You just you just need a little twenty two or shotgun, you know, and off you go. There's no real prep for it. Just throw on your orange vest and hit the woods. It's a uh, it's like hunting light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if, compared to deer, where you're gonna be, you know, having to drag something and process and uh, yeah, and all the setup too. I mean, you need a tree stand. Well, you don't need, but most people run a tree stand. You gotta, if you know, you have uh, trail cams out and and you gotta get scent-free clothing and all this other stuff. I mean, I understand all that stuff, and I understand that's part of the sport and it's a lot of fun. But I, mm-hmm. that's a lot of effort for me and. And as you'll get to know me, I don't put much effort into anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do any of the, the scent-free clothing or anything, that kind of stuff. I just, I've got a, uh, a tree stand where I can see really far, and right. uh, that way I don't need to do any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Perfect. You, yeah. you see the deer before the deer smells you. Yeah, I don't need I don't need particularly good camo. I don't need particularly <laughs> any kind of like scent stuff or anything like that. Just shoot them when they're at 300 yards. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't. Uh, we'd be hard pressed to find shots out to 300 yards around here. It's uh, we don't have the wide open spaces. We're we're very hilly and and a lot of a uh, lot of trees. So a lot of our shots are 200 yards and in. Like a 200 yard shot in a deer would probably be quite long unless you're out in farming country. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of our shots are in a tree stand, and you know <laughs> the deer's like 20 yards away, and if you miss, you really get made fun of. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's some that's some bad jitters if you're missing at 20 yards. Yeah, I suppose it could happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose it could, but uh, hopefully it doesn't happen to me ever. Yeah, but yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I guess it was pretty light for for what we did with guns this week. Too bad Trevor's not here. I'm sure he would have had a list and a half, but uh, apparently he's off doing more important things like cleaning his SKS. <laughs> so I guess we'll move into some upcoming events. Um, the Woodstock Pistol and Rifle Club Raffle. 
Uh, we've mentioned this a few times before. It's $10 a ticket. Send an email to WPRC2005 at gmail.com. And uh, I have seen pictures now of what this money being raised is being used for. And uh, the range is looking very good. There are, I think, three new pistol bays. They're like 25 by 20 meters. So they're fairly big. Uh, they're going to be able to do awesome action shooting in there. The the berms are all full height, so you'll be able to do 180 degree shooting um, from one one side of the berm to the other, like right exactly what we're looking for for Ipsic. Awesome. So yep. yeah, it's uh, it's cool. So if you wanna you wanna maybe win something and and help the club out at the same time, ten bucks a ticket, you might win. Um, actually, the the draw is oh the draw is this weekend. Never mind. You can go ahead and send them ten bucks if you want anyway. But uh, I think the I think the draw is this weekend, so you, you maybe you'll win if you've already put your name in, and if you haven't, well, I'm sorry, it's too late, I think. But uh, you can always email them and find out for sure. But I'm pretty sure I read that the draw was this weekend. Uh, so moving on, then the charity shoot has been confirmed for Ontario. The date is June 25th, and it'll be at the Brockville District Fish and Game Club. If you're interested, contact New Shooter Canada. So they are the uh, the ones putting this on this year. That's George Hatch and Thomas Donnelly with the help of, I believe, Kevin and Kelly. So uh, it's it's going to be a good, a good uh, charity shoot, I'm sure, because they always have been in the past. Um, I'm looking forward to going this year, uh, actually having to travel a bit to get to it. You know, the last couple of years it's been right here in New Brunswick. So it's nice that it's going to be in Ontario. Some of our Ontario listeners will be able to... to visit that a little bit more easily than uh than driving all the way out to new brunswick so that's going to be fun um yeah i know we're we're announcing this a bit early but we want to make sure everybody hears about it in lots of time so june 25th write it down in your calendar and from josh josh sent us in a uh, uh an upcoming event the annapolis valley shooting sports club is hosting a ladies only event on saturday november 7th from one to four so it's open to all women, whether or not you're a member of the club, doesn't matter. Open to all ages and experience. Um, only firearms and their ammunition. Uh, so only firearms and their ammunition provided by the club will be permitted on club property. Okay, so don't bring your own guns. All the guns are going to be there. Um, and uh, it, it's going to be an open house kind of thing. You purchase tickets for ammo. $1 equals 10 rounds of 22 ammo sort of thing. And you go up and... Uh, and, and shoot some guns. So, ladies, if you want to uh, go and shoot, this is your chance. Um, you can go to uh, avssc.ca and, and get more information on that. So, that's the Annapolis Valley Shooting Sports Club. So, hopefully, that is a success. So, thanks to Josh yeah, for sending that in. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way to run an event, I think. If uh, if you have if you're trying to attract new shooters, is to have the guns uh, at the club and ready to roll, and uh, no one's guessing as to how to make things safe and that kind of thing. You just run them and uh, get them ready and run through it people quick, right? Yep, I concur. I uh, yeah, the I know the there's an open house at one of the clubs in Ontario. Um, Crumlin, I think, puts on uh, an open house, and they're they're just swamped every year. I mean, they've they, it's gotten so big uh, in Ontario there, that, and they do the same thing. You just go, you, all the guns are already there. You just get in line to whatever gun you want to shoot, and you purchase your tickets for ammo before you get in line. And when you get there, just give them the ticket, and off you go. You're shooting whatever whatever you signed up for there. So 
it's a, it's a it's a cool event. So you want to go out and shoot? This is the this is the time to do it, I guess. If you're in the Annapolis Valley area. Yeah. Awesome. Well, why don't we move into some news then? Weatherby's uh, announced. I'm not sure how long ago they announced this, but I'm just seeing news about it today. Um, the Weatherby 6.5300. Um, this thing's nuts. It's uh, it's a big old case um, firing the the 6.5 bullet now. Uh, one of my buddies just got a, a 6.5 Creedmoor, and, and it shoots like a 120 to 140 grain bullet pretty quick, but uh, nothing like this Weatherby. Um, the Weatherby's firing them at, at muzzle velocity of around 3,500 FPS. Wow. So they're screaming out of there. Oh, my goodness, that's fast. Yeah, that's like a two two three kind of speed, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, except with you know with this thing, um, just one of the quotes that I'm going to pull out here. Like even at 400 yards, it's only dropped about seven and a half inches, and it's still doing 2,600 FPS, which is still pretty good. Uh huh. And uh, with 2,000 foot-pounds of energy, so I mean that's that's crazy flat and and a ton of power. Probably probably wow. wouldn't last that that long. You wouldn't want to like shoot F class or something. And uh, no, you'd you, burn you'd your barrel to, out in one match. Yeah, you'd have to get a good deal on barrels because. They wouldn't last very long. But, That's uh, crazy. For 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 when you ha- when they were still good, um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't think I'll get one, but it's cool to know that they're out there. Um, and then out of uh, BC, there, and I, I don't know. I thought this one was kind of funny. Uh, f- funny because there was a 52 year old man who was uh, naked, uh, who was out. Well, that's always uh, funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just something funny about uh, or is it nudity. horrifying i'm not sure if horrifying is the word we're looking for <laughs> well it might have been horrifying for these guys because uh <laughs> they were, this 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 naked guy was uh shooting at workers who are clearing the the power lines near his property so oh yeah kind of, no that's not neighborly at all not really no i mean um so no one was injured or anything like that well that's good uh, um, yeah, just one of those cases where, you know, someone takes their property rights just a little bit too seriously and needs to be a little bit more reasonable with, you know, people clearing power lines and that kind of thing. Well, you don't own the, I mean, the power line company owns the power line property there. So if they're clearing trees from there, they're allowed to be there. So if the power lines run through this guy's backyard, well, it's too bad. I mean, he doesn't own that property. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He, does, he probably wants power too, right? Well, probably. Yeah. yeah, you don't shoot yeah. the people who bring you the power. No, no. Yeah, I, I would I would probably hazard a guess, probably not mentally healthy. No, not, uh, probably not all there. Probably yeah. not, so. Yeah, so public service announcement. If you notice people with chainsaws cutting down trees near the power lines, don't shoot at them. Yeah, they're, uh, they're not there doing nefarious things. They're just <laughs> making it so you keep power. <laughs> Oh, crud. Yeah, so uh, it's a little bit yeah. of crazy in the news this week. Love it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess that brings us into our main topic. And uh, Trevor had a, a fantastic main topic. He he was, I mean, you guys were going to love it. It was just going to be so amazing. Unfortunately, it was time sensitive, and, and we can't cover it now because he's not here, and you're just going to miss out. You're never going to know what it was, but... You can blame Trevor. That's a trevorferlot at gmail.com you can send your hate mail to. So uh, so instead, Adriel and I decided to talk a little bit about first rifles. Yeah, definitely. This is um, this is something that a lot of people ask on uh, on YouTube or Reddit or anything like that. And it's uh, um, 
it's always a good topic to go over um, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of wrong rifles to get as a first rifle, um, just depending on what you're applying it for. And uh, I thought, you know, just going through a couple of different categories of uh, of what you might want to do with the rifle, we could get, we could kind of narrow down some of the better rifles to to choose, and then some of the ones that might not be a great one to choose. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Not not only list off the good ones, but give some people a, a warning flag on the ones that may not be the best one. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, probably the easiest one uh, to start with would be just like a hunting rifle, something that you'd use for a medium game like deer and that kind of a thing. So, so something like the, something that's chambered in like the Weatherby 6.5x300. Six, <laughs> you know, that's that would be fine for coyotes, but really you need some, something more along the lines of a 338 Lapua. If, if you're going to be doing elk at more like 100 to 300 yards, probably a 338 Lapua. Yeah. And, and anything beyond that, we're really talking like 50. 50 BMG, are we not? 50 BMG is a popular one. 20 millimeter, if you can get your hands on them, um, are also really great. Yeah. <laughs> so no then. <laughs> Maybe one of those Russian anti-tank rifles or the boys or something like that. Those well, are also... look, it, it makes cleaning the game that much easier because there's really nothing left to clean. Yeah, and if they've got a bulletproof vest on, no problem. No problem. You're, you're, that deer's going down no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, in all seriousness, um, hunting. Okay, so for uh, cartridges, uh, 308, 270, 7mm Obit 8. There's lots of really great cartridges that are already popular. If it's if it's on the store shelf and it's cheap, it's probably one of the better ones to pick because people have been using it for a while. Um, yeah, I really that's, like, um, that's something to, to, to bear in mind is get one that's, try not to get a new caliber, like a new Wildcat or a new, you know, something that just came out because who knows how long it's going to be around. I remember uh, a sales clerk at a gun store trying to talk me into a 223 Super Short Magnum. Oh, boy, that would have been a mistake. Oh, man. Uh, I <laughs> Yeah, because I haven't seen that since, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, be careful with what you go for. And like, like Adriel said, if it's on the shelf and it's cheap, chances are it's popular. And there's a reason why it's popular. It works. Yeah, exactly. Now, f- uh, for for a, a new hunter that's hunting, let's say deer or something like that, um, yeah, three hundred eight and, and two seventy are, are two of my favorites. Two seventy for just being a little bit flatter, and three hundred eight for being really inexpensive and, and really friendly on recoil. Yep. Um, but one that uh, one that I've seen a couple of new hunters take out that I'd, I really wouldn't want to go for is a three hundred Win Mag or something along that lines. Just too much recoil for a new hunter and. Uh, it really, it, it can really keep them off, off the range and keep them from shooting as, as much as they should because it's expensive and because the recoil is is uh, pretty up there. It's punishing. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, if if you can handle it, you know, good for you. But here's the thing: you, you might be able to handle it for one or two shots, but can you go to the range, sit down, and shoot 30, 40 rounds, and? you know make sure that your your rifles your scope is sighted in but on top of that just practice and practice in different positions can you shoot it offhand can you shoot it kneeling can you shoot it sitting down can you shoot it from a tree stand you know you got to practice all these things and if you're not able to sit there and shoot that rifle 30 40 times at a at a time you're just not going to do it you're going to develop a flint you're going to bruise your shoulder uh and you're not going to want to shoot the rifle as much and then when you're out in the woods you're going to miss yeah, I mean, the deer doesn't care if it got shot by a 308 or a 300 Win Mag. They're both going to do the same job. I've seen deer hit with a 300 Win Mag that still end up running 50 yards afterwards. And I've seen them hit by the 243 and just, like, 
fall over dead right on the spot. Yeah. And uh, you know, too often people look at um, look at what happens when they when they shoot a deer and say like, oh man, if I just had a bigger, badder round, maybe they wouldn't have run into the bush and and died in there. And it really, it's you know, shot placement. You're either hitting it in the spine or you're not. Or maybe that deer just uh, didn't have the will to live and just didn't want to didn't want to run or did want to run, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And and I've heard you know many people tell me stories of. Uh, you know, I, sh- I shot it with a 300 wood mag and it did a somersault and died right there. And, and uh, Trevor's got a story like it. I know uh, a couple of my friends at the range do, other people. I've heard those stories. But then I've also heard those same stories from people shooting. Um, well, I, I know an instance where a guy shot a bear with a 223, dropped it one shot. So, you know, say, like like you said, it's shot placement. I've also heard the reverse stories where people have shot it with, you know, something big 300 wind mag and it takes off running so just because you had one experience where it worked really well for you doesn't mean that's going to be the experience every single time i think what's much more important is practice and shot placement yeah definitely shot placement shot placement shot placement yeah um no and that, that i think that covers uh caliber and, and cartridge what do you think for uh for action like what what kind of hunting action do you use uh, well, I, I mean, traditionally, it's the bolt action, and that's what mm-hmm. most people use. And I think there's a reason for that. It's a very simple action. It's 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 prone to reliability, and it's prone to accuracy because you don't have moving parts whenever the rifle's being fired. Everything locks up nice and tight. That being said, there are some pump actions and semi-autos um, that that shoot very very accurately as well with some some newer technology and just you know properly built guns and 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 besides that as well um don't discount the the brake action because those are very simple easy guns to to maintain and to use and again very few moving parts and so you're going to get repeatable accuracy out of those yeah and one of one of my first hunting rifles was a lever action i had a lever action 3030 and uh, for 100 yards in, awesome rifle. Uh, I love how carryable they are. You don't need a sling for them. You can wrap your whole hand around the receiver, around the, where, where it bounces in the middle there. Yep. And you can walk through the woods. And it, it's fantastic just holding the rifle like that. You can go all day. Like There's a reason why there's a carry handle on the original M16. Carrying from that point is really comfortable. And you don't it really is. need a It's the center sling. of gravity on it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's... Um, that's that's why I really like that thirty thirty. Now that round um, is like a, a real dog compared to what most people hunt with, like a three hundred eight or a two seventy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but in a hundred yards, it doesn't really matter. It's still going to do the job on a deer, and it's still handy. Now, would I recommend one for a new hunter? I don't know. You know, you have to load them in through that side gate. Um, to empty the rifle is is kind of complex, and it's not easy to see whether it's loaded or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas with a bolt-action rifle, these days you pop the detachable magazine out, you run the bolt back, and you know you're clear. That's right. And I mean, I guess a, I guess a brake action would be even easier, right? Just open brake it. action, you just, yep. yeah, open it, easy to see. That's one that I really like. If I have like a new hunter with me, I love if they have a brake action because I they can crack it open and they can carry it uh, open over their arm, kind of like draped over their arm open. Yep. And you know exactly, yep, they're safe. I don't have to worry about it. That's right. Um, and I think the most complex one would be like a semi-automatic because that's where, 
you know, that's especially one that I, that I don't really like for new hunters because if they do take their shot and then shoot their game, um, and if they they swing their rifle around, yeah, I mean that, that gun's ready to go again. Yep, that's when they're, they're they're swinging around a loaded rifle and they're pointing it at you know whatever. So that's right. It's, yeah, it's I mean also, when, you, when you're new, you're you get your animal, you're excited, and you know while while pointing your rifle at anything you're not willing to destroy is never excusable. I can understand why it happens. So yeah, it's nice to have a gun that uh, is definitely safe once the shot's been fired. Yeah, so in terms of uh, break-action rifles, um, which models do you know that are that are still out there and available for purchase? I know NEF and uh, H&R used to be really popular for that kind of thing. Yeah, you took mine. That's what I was going to say. That was you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Thompson Center is also one that oh, uh, yeah. they they have. They're known for for good reliable or uh, good well, reliability. <laughs> they're as reliable as the operator because they're as simple as it gets, but no, known for good accuracy too. Um, one of my first rifles was an NEF or H&R. I think they're basically the same now, aren't they? Um, but uh, whatever it was, it was a it was a combination shotgun, two two three thirty out six. All I had to do was change the barrel, and so oh, that was it. Was really neat. It was a really nice rifle uh, setup. I wish I had not ever gotten rid of it, but I did. Um, and actually, I'm I, you know as I think back. I, I kind of remember that I really didn't get all that great group uh, gr- groups with the two to three for whatever reason I couldn't get the mm. two to three to group on it very well and I, I I never did figure it out but I was brand new to shooting at the time so it could have been anything from just uh, a poor ammo load to um, you know maybe the crown was dinged or maybe maybe the stock was on too tight or you know needed to be bedded better or something I didn't know anything about it except put bullets in it and press a trigger so. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a Encore a TC Encore Pro Hunter in 7mm Mod 8, and uh, yeah, very easy to use. Um, really high quality kind of feel to it, and uh, yeah, nice heavy barrel on it. It was a it was a great rifle. What color was that again? 7mm Mod 8. Yeah, yeah, that that the MM's pronounced millimeter. I millimeter. Yeah, millimeter. <laughs> Seven what, what, what caliber? Ot eight. Seven, seven mil out eight. Yeah, is how I would <laughs> yeah, say it anyway. From, but, uh, from the year of 08, from right. 308, right? That's yeah. how that worked? Sure. <laughs> what, what, what caliber is your, your, your pistol? Uh, nine millimeter. Oh, okay, nine so it's not, not a uh, nine mm. No, I guess it is. I'm hmm. just... I'm just, hmm. I'm just... I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, not make fun of you so much as make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if Trevor was here, he he he'd totally make sure that we knew exactly the proper way to say that because he probably knows. Um, it doesn't really matter, I guess. Everybody knows who you're talking about, but it, it was it was fun to throw you under the bus a little bit too. How's Trevor <laughs> under there anyway? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, it was uh, that that rifle was fine. Um, now, what about uh, what about a bolt action rifle? So, I think for, you know, for our break actions, we had NEF and H and R, which are kind of in the um, lower price range. I guess those are around the what two, three, four hundred dollar range. Yeah, probably somewhere in there. I don't know if there are any other break actions that are popular. Like, I, I can't even think of another break action. Not really. There's some more single shots. Like, there's the Baikal that you can get out here. There right. is the um, uh, Ruger number one. Oh yeah, that's um, right. 
Um, but in terms of a break action, yeah, it's it's pretty much like you've got your NAF and H and R, and then you have your Encore Pro Hunter at the higher uh, higher cost range. Right. In terms of popular rifles. So what what about uh, bolt action rifles? What would you get for like a low, medium, high for price range on those? Uh, I, it's no surprise for me. Low, I would I would pull out the Axis, of course, because I've got one, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of guys give them really good reviews. Um, medium. You know what? I really don't have much experience with bolt action, so I really don't know where I would go with. Hmm. I might. Um, I might go with like one of the Savages, one of the one of the one elevens or something like that. They. Uh, yes, those are good. I used to have yeah. a Hog Hunter. It was really cool. Yeah, the, and they're just. You know, some of the some of the different components can be just a little bit better than uh, than the one that the the ones that they use on the Axis. So those ones can be a little bit nicer and have a little bit better finish to them. And the stock's definitely better too, because that stock on the Axis is terrible. Eh, yeah, terrible is the word. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's it's not going to be sitting on the mantelpiece above your no. fireplace or anything no. like that. And it's no. got a certain amount of flex to it, which is not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so. But I mean, that's not good if you're shooting from a bench. It's just perfectly fine for hunting. You're not putting that much pressure on it when you're holding it offhand. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's and and just to be straight, I mean, there's uh, like there's nothing wrong with the axis at the low end. It's not. It's it, it'll do everything that those more expensive rifles will do. It's just if you have a little bit more money, sometimes it's nicer to get a, a higher quality rifle that has some more finishing on it and that kind of thing yep, yep. um i think on the high end or at least like keep in mind the high end there's there's no such thing as as the top because it just keeps getting more and more expensive but and ridiculous yeah yeah and ridiculous. <laughs> get some of those drillings from over in england yeesh yeah a couple of 20 dollars for a rifle yeah a little bit too rich for my blood yep. i don't want to i don't want to like lean one of those on a fence post and take a <laughs> shot at a deer, right? <laughs> Hello, Holland and Holland? Yeah, just uh, wanted to let you know I dropped your rifle. <laughs> Can I just yeah. use JB Weld to put the front sight back on? Just use a Sharpie to fix up some of the bluing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could get ugly. No, but I mean, uh, at, at the, let's say like around a thousand bucks, I really like the Browning X-Bolt. Um, it's got a really nice feel to it. Uh, the bolt is really uh, useful. It's got like a lock that uh, that makes sense to me, um, and it's got an unlock on there that's easy to actuate, and it, it feels really good running the bolt as well. I think some of the uh, some of the bolt actions aren't all that um, polished and all, aren't all that fast to run the bolt. You have to run them without torquing them one way or the other, or else they lock up. Right. And uh, I think the X bolts does does a really good job of you know earning that that extra uh price the point that it has well that's good yeah i don't have any experience with that so uh totally deferring to you i'll take it i'll take it this time (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i'd go i'd go browning on the higher end yeah what about um okay so that that would be if we're hunting like uh, big game like deer and that kind of thing what about varmint you you hunt varmint right like coyote and and then yes Every once in a while, I shoot a ground chuck in the face, or what every do you call now and groundhogs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a go. No, it's a groundhog, not gopher. a gopher. Yeah, <laughs> they're all gophers. That'll make apparently. it easy. <laughs> this make one's a groundhog, out. apparently. So anyway, <laughs> okay. Um, I, whenever I go varmint hunting, if I'm going specifically for coyotes, I take my two to three, a savage axis. Savage axis. If I'm going just kind of randomly, well, if I'm going dedicated after crows, of course, I bring my twelve gauge. 
Um, mm -hmm. And then if I'm just kind of going out after groundhogs, just kind of armed hiking kind of thing or armed four-wheeling, really, I just bring my 22. And I just, you know, whatever I happen to see, then it gets it if, if I can. If I can. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I mean, even even the, the shotgun, I, I shot the groundhog with a 20-gauge. And, you know, even the, even the shotgun worked fine. Um, mm -hmm. You know, limited range, of course, but... You know, if you're out four-wheeling and something's on the trail, it's kind of hard to miss it kind of thing. So, you know, just kind of whatever I wanted to, whatever I want to shoot, I just kind of grab and throw in the four-wheeler and off I go. But, you know, dedicated coyote hunting, you know, I've got a two to three And uh, uh, any any sort of varmint caliber would be appropriate there. I think in the, the 22-250, the 204 would be another good one. Um, yeah, any, anything that's light projectile and goes really fast. Yeah. Anything that's that's nice and and cheap and uh, has the bullet has the bullet that will not make a huge mess out of it and and kill your pocketbook at the same time. Right. Well, it yeah, depends on, a, on if you want the pelt or not. If you don't want the pelt, doesn't really matter what it does, <laughs> mess wise. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, I know a lot of guys who well, not a lot. I know a few guys who hunt coyotes and they want the smallest caliber they can use because they do uh, keep the pelt, so they don't want much damage done to it. Yeah, I I do the same. Um, I I try to use a smaller caliber. Now, if I'm out hunting deer and a coyote comes across my path, I'm not you know I'm not going to carry two rifles, so I'll use my no. 270 or, yeah. or whichever rifle I have on me at the time. Um, but you know, two to three is really nice for that. And uh, would you would you say that if someone had a 308, they have to have a dedicated hunting rifle? I, I wouldn't think so. You I mean a dedicated vermin rifle? Yeah, I did. Well, sorry, a dedicated varmint. In New Brunswick, I would, yeah, because you're not allowed to hunt during non-deer or bear season with anything bigger than a two, two twenty-three, basically. Anything, ah, that's has, a good caliber point. has to be smaller than two three zero. So, hmm, good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, because we could use a three oh eight out here, but um, you know, I think it might come down to if the cartridge that you use for deer is really expensive. Like if you're using a premium round. You may not want to use that um, just hunting coyote or whatever varmint you happen to hunt, hunting just because of the cost, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, um, with with varmint rifles, I think th maybe I would say for varmints, I would go for a bolt action because uh, you need to make sure that the accuracy is there. That's true. And you, I mean, you want to make sure to have a follow-up shot. So yes. like a bolt action with a magazine, yep. like a... a uh, deer, you've got just a little bit more of a bigger target. You got, you know, six inches. Let's say like a, a, a pie plate kind of a thing. Yep. But with a coyote, it's a lot smaller, and uh, you really do need to like squeeze that accuracy out of your rifle and out of, out of your um, out of your cartridge. So that's where I would say definitely bolt action for uh, for varmint. Yeah, I, I but that said, if that. you get close, who cares, right? That's right. Yep. Um, I've I've heard a lot of people say that. Um, well, what they what they ideally look for is one MOA out of a out of a deer moose hunting rifle, and and I would think probably closer to two or three MOA would be acceptable, um, given mm -hmm. the the large boiler room of uh, of those animals. But for varmints, a lot of guys want a half MOA rifle or better. They're looking at a half inch at a hundred yards is what they want for group size because they know they have. I mean, varmints are smaller than regular game. They want every ounce of accuracy they can get out of those guns. So, 
if uh, if you're looking for a Varmigun, make sure it's one with a, a, a good reputation for good accuracy, and make sure that you know how to develop a load for it, so that uh, you can uh, you can make sure all of your shots count. Yeah, it definitely gets uh, really hard to uh, get a, get around in the boiler room at long range with varmints. Yep. Yeah. So I think that covered us for uh, for varmint rifles. Um, what about uh, what about just like a, a cheap fun plinking rifle for someone who's new to shooting well trevor's favorite is an sks with uh yeah i think well with all the accoutrement that we were talking about before yeah yeah definitely have to have the plastic tapco stock mm-hmm. um but uh the but, duck bill mags don't you don't use the built-in fixed bag that thing's that's uh, just silly why would you do that yeah no, yeah no <laughs> duck bill mags um Maybe one of those, uh, if you can't find one of the dust cover uh, scope mounts, maybe one of the gas tube ones. Yeah, those are good too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. A lot of accuracy Just, there. Yeah. yeah. Make sure Whatever you put a really wiggly. expensive scope on that SKS though. Mm, no, I think you can make do with like a four times Barska or something like that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that'd be yeah. right. <laughs> or whatever you can find off of eBay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, actually in seriousness, uh, an SKS is actually a great cheap plinking rifle. Um, oh yeah, they're they're accurate enough. I mean, they're not you know they're not super accurate, but they're not. A lot of guys call them like inaccurate. They're not inaccurate. They they're they're a combat rifle. They're not designed to be lasers. They're you know they're they're going to be two three MOA. But if you're just out plinking, what do you care? It's it's not a big deal. Just go out and have some fun with it. So you know if if you want something thirty caliber, semi-auto, cheap and fun to plink with, I gotta say SKS. Yeah, not only cheap, like pretty much the cheapest, because yeah. they're what, like two hundred bucks for the rifle, and then twenty some cents per round. Yeah, yeah. There's not much cheaper out there right now. Yeah. So, yeah. and I mean, that's that's a consideration for someone who's new to shooting. So, mm-hmm. if you want to shoot something, and the other thing, the other nice thing about the SKS, it's it, the recoil is not punishing at all, right? It really isn't. There's yes. really not much to it. It's a heavy enough rifle. Now, what you are going to find is the length of pull on most of those stocks is pretty ridiculous. I mean, yeah, a it, it was short. a rifle designed for people who are shooting in very cold weather, so they have big winter coats on, and so the length of pull is shortened to allow them to 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 not, you know, have a ridiculous shooting position. So, you you are going to find the length of pull probably a little short, unless you're maybe of Carl's stature, but. Um, uh, yeah, so that's just something to bear in mind. That, that that's why a lot of people do go with the the, the Tapco stocks and, and aftermarket stocks because it allows them to adjust that. But um, yeah, exactly. And you know, one one thing that I I'm, I'm not really a big fan of on the SKS is the safety. Um, since it's a semi-auto, if you chose to go hunting with it, and I wouldn't say it's a great hunting rifle, um, but if you chose to go hunting with it, the safety is it it's really uncomfortable to use and you'll need to have it on if you're um if you have it loaded right right yep and uh yeah it's just kind of inconvenient to get to the trigger pull is uh, uh atrocious I, I was yeah atrocious <laughs> is uh yeah 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 it's, it's atrocious. pretty terrible <laughs> yeah um now you can do some things to fix the trigger pull up a little bit but it all it'll always be long and it'll always be pretty gritty because yep. that's just the way it's designed yeah yeah, now whenever I think plinking rifle, for me it's always a 22. Uh, you know, uh, I'm well, I'm a rimfire guy anyway. But um, if if you're gonna go with a 22 and you want something cheap, what do you think? One of those Mossberg blazes? 
No, I'd still go for a 7.95. Yeah. Um, um, 10.22, Ruger 10.22 um, yeah. is also a really good option, especially if you like to dress it up and uh, toy with it. You know, you want to accessorize it yourself, modify it yourself, 10.22 is the way to go. Um, you, you, there's sky's the limit with that. If you want something out of the box that uh, you're not going to mess with, you know, uh, 7.95 is probably your best bet there. Um, what other calibers, what other inexpensive calibers are there that, uh, oh, I know, um, uh, what about like a, a pistol carbine, like a 9mm carbine, like a JR carbine or a Caltech Sub-2000, something like that? I think the Sub-2000 would be like your your inexpensive medium price range kind of thing there. Mm-hmm. And the um, uh, uh, the JR is a little bit more expensive. But with the JR, you can, like the, the possibilities are endless in terms of dressing it up and, and putting more things on it. That's because- right, because it takes all AR accessories. Exactly. There's a there's a couple of idiosyncrasies with them, like the the uh, the stock you can change. The forend is a little bit uh, goofy. It's got a little bit of a goofy uh, connection on it, right. and you may need to modify your forend, like the one that you really want to put on it, to uh, to get it on there properly. Yeah, yeah, something to bear in mind for sure. Um, what else is there for for plinking calibers that you you just mm. go out and shoot? Well, fun. if you if you want to shoot something that's got a bigger boom to it, uh, a Mosin Nagant would be a, a really oh, good yeah. choice because they're yeah. cheap, and the ammo's again super duper cheap. That's right. Anything surplus really is going to be cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you can pick up a Mosin Nagant now for what is it? Is eighty five cents per round? <laughs> no, no, for, for rifle. The, for the rifle. <laughs> <laughs> you can get the five packs. The five. Oh, that's right. The five packs are twenty bucks, I think, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're they're well, ridiculously cheap. They're they're and you know what? They're good rifles. They're they're I don't know if I want to say high quality, but they're built right. They're 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 built in well, Russia. They're robust. Yeah, I would say that. Like I think I got mine for one hundred and eighty dollars. Right. And uh, it's very robust. You're not going to break it doing pretty much anything with it. Um, you know the the trigger on mine was again not all that great, but there's some things you can do to the trigger. There's a, a video that uh, Iraqi veteran eight 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 has on YouTube that goes through how to polish a trigger and and get it to um, not be so garbagey. Like on a right. lot of them, the sear is cut at a, a really bad angle. Oh yeah. And what that what that ends up doing is make the the weight um, a lot higher than it should be. So you can reshape that um, just watching that video at your own risk. Um, <laughs> I'll throw that in. Well, I mean, if you do if entertainment you, uh, value only, and that's right. <laughs> if you do mess it up, you know you are only out about one hundred and eighty dollars, so it's really exactly. not that big a deal. <laughs> yeah, um, the cartridge is uh, is is got got some kick to it. The uh, the butt pad on that thing is metal and it's shaped horribly, so um, you know it's it's gonna do a little bit to your shoulder and if if, if you want that's that's the the rifle to go for yeah i guess it, you could hunt with it if you really wanted to but boy is it ever like the wrong rifle to hunt with <laughs> uh, it's yeah. it's super long it only holds like it the magazine isn't all that great it's uh, just a, a hinged deal um the rounds you're going to be paying like for hunting rounds the same as you'd be paying for everything else and all you need to do is bump your your budget up to three hundred dollars and you've got an axis that's got a scope on it that has all the stuff that's really uh nice for hunting yeah no there's there, i don't think there's any reason to hunt with one of those unless you've already got one there's no you know then fine but and you have nothing else but 
Yeah, I, I would say it, it's a fun it's a fun toy to play with, but that would yeah. be about it. I mean, it used to be that that Milserp rifles were the rifle to use that was like a, your inexpensive hunting rifles. Yeah. But as of the Savage Axis coming onto the market, um, well, yeah, what's the point anymore? Yeah, there's not really any point. It used to, it used to be like I remember. Oh, this would have been maybe like ten years ago or something like that. Looking at used hunting rifles and looking at prices of like four hundred dollars for a used hunting rifle. Yeah. And like new machining and new polymers come out, and now we they like manufacturers can put out a good rifle for a lot less money. There's not much of a point in hunting with a milserp anymore. Not really. I've got a, an old Lee Enfield that uh, I have. It's got a, a synthetic sporterized stock on it. I have the barrel cut down. I have, you know, new sights put on it. Um, yeah, it's, it'll, I'll probably never take it hunting again. What's the point? If I was wanted to go deer hunting mm-hmm. now, I mean, I have it because it's a 3 out 3 It's a bigger caliber than my, my axis. So if I wanted to go deer or bear hunting, that'd be the rifle I'd use right now. But it probably wouldn't even because while I don't own a 308 right now, inside of a week I could have another Savage Axis chambered in 308 and that's what i'd rather use because i know it's going to work mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah the leanne field you know it's an old milserp it's it shoots accurate enough but i'm limited to my peep sights so unless i'm shooting in real close um, it's not it's not the best option anymore yeah i've hunted with uh with a leanne field yeah but that was the past that's now, right these days not much point to it not really so I guess that brings us into some target rifles then, speaking of sort of shooting, you know, speaking of Lee Enfields. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ready to uh, take on everyone in F-Class, just uh, grab your 3 out 3 and uh, some stripper clips you'll need. Put uh, yeah. all your ammo loaded up on there and you're off to the races. You'll be good. You'll be good to go. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one other thing that... Um, that I've talked to, you know, some co-workers about is uh, they're not into hunting, but they want to get into shooting. Um, and uh, and what should their first rifle be? And, you know, if they're not just into pulling the trigger and making some noise, then it's time to talk about something that's going to be accurate at some sort of distance. So um, what, would, what would you be looking at in terms of if someone asked you for uh, uh, just a, tar- a rifle to bring to the range and shoot from like two to 500 yards, what would you recommend for them? Are they going to be shooting it in competition or just shooting it for fun just to just to practice shooting accurately? Hmm. I don't think a lot of people starting out would be in, in like just looking at competition just yet. So let's just pretend that they're just looking to shoot accurately. I would I, – I, you know, my go-to, Savage Axis. It gets what, you into the what cal- game. What caliber? Oh, uh, probably two to three. I think, I'd, I think I'd recommend the same thing. I mean, the Axis is still accurate enough, and it, 2D3 it, is super cheap. So Yeah, it's, it's super cheap, and it's very easy on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. So it gets you into the game. It allows you to develop good shooting habits. It allows you to practice a lot. And um, whenever you're ready to upgrade, you just, you know, sell it for 200 bucks, if that, and just, you know, move on to the, your next rifle. Yeah, exactly. Now, if, if they have a little bit more money... Um, it'd be nice to if if there was like an inexpensive heavy barrel uh, rifle out there. I, I know the the Hog Hunters are really uh, decent price. Do they sell the Hog Hunter in two two three? They do two two three and three oh eight. The the downside to the the Hog Hunter is that the barrel is quite short on them. I think they're twenty two inches long. So mm. you're not going to get the velocity that you're looking for if you want to shoot longer ranges. But if you're shooting you know inside of five hundred, it's going to do okay. Yeah, and I think they've they've got a little bit of a heavier barrel on them, right? Oh, they so do. Might, yeah, they're they're oh, actually. Nice. 
I actually sold my hog hunter because the barrel was so heavy on it. I'm, Probably not the best for hunting, right? It's it's just heavy is the thing. Yeah. Like it's 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 a it's a truck gun. If you were going hunting, you know, and you were going to be on your four wheeler or on your truck, and you were the gun, you know, is in a, a a rifle rack or whatever, and then you just grab it whenever you see your animal, fine. But if you're going to go trudging through the brush all day, it's it's going to wear on you after a bit. Mm-hmm. Now I th- I would think that that heavy barrel in a two two three would be awesome at the range because you could fire a lot of rounds before you heated up the barrel. Yep. Yeah, that'd be really nice because yep. the the axis has like a really thin barrel on it. It really does. It's very pencil pencil thin. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, so five, five rounds. rounds. Yeah, yeah, and you you're heating it up already. So. Yeah, whenever I take my access to the range, I always bring my 22 with me because I'll I'll shoot a five-shot group and then I, you know, I mess with the 22 for 10-15 minutes while the barrel cools down before I move back to the axis. Kind of surprised that no one's like done a a water cooling jacket or something like that so you can <laughs> shoot more at the range. I've always thought about it when I've been at the range and it's snowing or something like that. I'm like, right. oh, it's, the, the barrel's cooling down because it's getting snowed on." Yeah. Uh, what why don't people just have like a cooling jacket or something that you can just pop on your rifle and uh, and keep shooting, keep having fun instead of well, having to wait 15 minutes in between, right? You could just bring like a, a spritzer, a water spritzer and just like spritz the barrel down. Hmm. <laughs> Probably like really bad for rust or something. There's probably no, a good reason why people use don't use salt do this. water. Salt water is like way better. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just cringed, listening, going, "Oh no, don't do that." I'm kidding, people. People who are new and don't know any better, do not use salt water. What about like a dunking barrel? Like have like a oh a yes, there you go. You you yeah, just <laughs> a big barrel full of water. Just dunk the barrel in, like a like a black rifle. Yeah, just yeah. dump a whole. Yeah, yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for the. Uh, it's good for the the metals temper and uh you know getting it to the right hardness and all that's, that kind of that's stuff, right. right yes because because yeah. you know a a, a a barrel that's not warped is just never going to shoot straight <laughs> well how else are you going to shoot around corners and around trees and stuff like that you yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, no like, i guess a hog hunter in 223 would be what i would recommend then for someone shooting short range because it's got a heavy barrel it's still inexpensive and then because it's a savage it'll be pretty accurate for the money yeah now the thing to bear in mind with the hog hunter is that it does not come with a detachable magazine it's got a blind mag so the mag is inside and it does make it a bit more challenging to load and unload so mm-hmm. do keep that in mind um but uh, other than that it it is a i would i'd recommend that as well i think yeah, you know, the, the, a blind bag for me, like hunting, is a total pain in the butt. Um, at the range, I think it'd be fine. It's I'm not so bad. rounds in to shoot it. Yeah. 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 It's not nearly as bad as it is for hunting, especially the way I hunt. I'm, I'm always in and out of the truck or on and off the four-wheeler. Always mm-hmm. got to unload the gun before I, I, you know, do that. So it's it's always a pain in the butt when it's a blind mag. Yeah, exactly. You got to have attachable for there. Yeah. What about uh, what about like a, a medium range rifle then? So. We were talking two to five hundred yards. What about a little bit further? What about like I don't know, five to eight hundred yards, for example? <laughs> I have no idea. I am out of my league at this point. Um, mm. Something expensive? <laughs> Maybe. You know, one of the one of the rifles that I've got is a, a Savage Ten TR. It's it's kind of like the Hog Hunter. It's, it, it's I think it's got even even heavier barrel. Oh, okay. Um, it's in three hundred eight, so it'll it'll do it out to eight hundred yards. It's got an Accu stock to start with. Um, that might be the one I recommend because it's also pretty reasonably priced. I think it's six or seven hundred dollars. Oh yeah, that's not so bad. Yeah, threaded uh, threaded uh, muzzle, so you can throw on a brake if you really want to. Um, 
or you can just leave it with the thread protector on there. That's where I really wish we could put a suppressor on. Oh, oh I yeah, I know. Right? Suppressors in Canada. Be so nice. Oh, just to be able to, you know, at a private range or out just in the in the bush, just to be able to shoot at a target and not have to wear a bunch of earring protection, all that kind of stuff would be so nice. Yep, I agree. Yeah. What uh, what caliber would you go for 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 that distance? You know, out, out past 500 yards. I I would I'd probably guess and i'd probably recommend uh 308 personally but yeah i think it's it's still fine at, at 800 yards i mean your your uh smaller uh calibers like 6.5 are going to be a little bit flatter um have a little bit less wind drift uh so if you have the choice and and the, the price is the same between like a, a 6.5 creedmoor and a 308 i think i'd go for the 6.5 um but that said, like the 308's cheaper, uh, the ammo's cheaper, and uh, you most often won't find that rifle um, in both of them at the same price point. Right. Unless, hmm, unless you go for something like that Ruger uh, Precision Rifle, because it's in 6.5 and 308. Which one's that? I don't know if I've heard of it. So it's 1500 bucks, and it's the um, basically what Ruger did was take their American rifle and put it in a precision rifle chassis. So aluminum chassis, they've got a, like almost like an AR-15 forend on it. Okay. And uh, uh, straight recoil buttstock to the back, fully adjustable buttstock, so your cheek rest, your length of pull, um, all that jazz is fully adjustable on the back end. And they're selling it for 1500 bucks, which is really hard to match if you were to try to build that yourself. So it's, uh, it's a pretty cool combination of... Uh, of accessories that, that they've built onto the, to get that rifle configured the way they have it. And uh, it's available in, I want to say, 243, 6.5, Creedmoor, and 308. So all short action. Yeah, that would, uh, you know, that might not be a bad choice. Yeah, well, w- one of my buddies uh, has one on order. They, they, I, they haven't landed in Canada just yet that I've seen. Um, but uh, once they get in, I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what it's like. Well, I, I look forward to your review on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the other cool thing they've got is they've got this wacky uh, magazine well on them that lets them take a whole bunch of different kinds of magazines. So they fit uh, like an AICS mag, which has a latch at the back. And then they fit, uh, what is it, a P mag, which has a latch on the side. And it works with both. That's really cool. And someone was, I saw one other post saying that they may work with M14 mags. It's weird, but... Uh, yeah, they built this crazy uh, uh, magazine release thing that works for side and, and back release. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's neat. I mean, look, if you're going to build a rifle for everybody, uh, you know, make make every magazine work in it. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't everyone think of that? Yeah, Let's I don't know. Universal <laughs> magazines. Man, why, why did we make these custom ones though, this, this whole time? Let's yeah. make universal cartridges too. That would be really awesome. Yeah. Who needs variety <laughs> and diversity? <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, that that that'd be a that'd be a, a really good starting point if someone was looking to do like longer range kind of stuff because it's already like the ergonomics are awesome. It's already got that straight line um, recoil on it. It already has the adjustable buttstock. It already has like a whole bunch of stuff that you'd want on a precision rifle, anyways. Yep, I uh, I can't disagree with you, mostly because I have no idea what I'm talking about. So. <laughs> But well, that, what goes, you said boom, makes sense. Throws, a, throws a rounds down range. Um, yeah, 
And this this 6.5 is interesting because that doesn't make a lot of difference at, at short range, but at longer ranges you can use these um, really heavy for caliber bullets that have really excellent ballistics on them. Um, and you can throw it a little bit faster than you can on a, a 308, so you're a little bit flatter. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, hopefully that helped uh, new shooters and, and listeners who are looking for new rifles, you know, help help them pick out something that uh, will be appropriate. Um, look, if we miss anything, guys, feel free to write us in. Uh, write us an email and, and let us know maybe what your opinions or your take on the the topic is. We love hearing from you guys, so uh, so feel free to let us know where where we went astray if we did. And and, and bear in mind, it's all Adriel's fault and Trevor's because Blame he's the not new here. Guy. Yeah, yeah, and Trevor because yeah. he's not here. So yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm glad that we talked about it because I didn't know that the Hog Hunter came in two two three. So. Like that's the one that I'm going to be recommending for for new guys because a lot of a lot of people like have that 22 and they want to know what's next and yep. I think a, a, a two two three that's got a heavy barrel is the way to go. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Awesome. All right then, listener feedback. Should, uh, you want to bring us this first one here from Mike? Okay, I can start with Mike. Yep. Mike says, "Hey guys, and by guys I mean everyone but Matthew. Wah, great. Wah, wah, wah. Wah. Great first show for the new guy. Woohoo!" <laughs> he fits in nicely, and I look forward to more archery talk. Aww. Basically, to hear Matthew groan. <laughs> <laughs> no more archery. <laughs> I give the show two American thumbs up, which, when you factor in the exchange rate, should actually equal four Canadian thumbs. <sighs> I, yeah, beauty. Although, yep. really, I think it's more like three. I think it's like like one seventy five right now, isn't the exchange rate something like that? It's bad. I'm not buying any American stuff right now. It's just so atrociously expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And not only four Canadian thumbs and a reloading press, only RCBS, though, for good measure. (laughs) Picky, too. Not only does he want, like, a a better exchange rate, he needs needs something to sweeten the deal. Jeez. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Um, Well, what am I thanking you for? Heck with you, Mike. Maybe Trevor will thank you next week. I'm not. Everybody but Matthew. Gosh. <laughs> All right, this next one comes to us from Kyle. He writes, hey, guys, just wondering what your thoughts are on the Mossberg 500 in 20-gauge, or any 20-gauge pump gun for that matter. I'm sure you've probably talked about it on the show before, but I probably ignored what you said because I had the attitude, bah, 12-gauge is the only gauge you'll ever need, and it'll do everything. So long story short, I realized firsthand that 12 gauge is a terrible option for taking first time shooters out when I took my sister shooting along with her boyfriend, his friend, and his friend's girlfriend, who by the way hit a thundershot exploding target at 100 yards on her first shot. Mad props to her. So I bought the Mossberg 500 12 gauge combo thinking that I could do it all with it, but sold the 28 inch barrel with a fixed modified choke because I turned it into a full blown tactical shoddy which could still hit clays no problem, surprisingly, with an 18-inch cylinder bore barrel. Um, So essentially what I'm wondering is this. Is the 20-gauge a good option for shooting skeets and for bird hunting? (laughs) Skeets is in brackets. I love it. Um, I have no experience bird hunting and kind of screwed myself over by selling that 12-gauge barrel. I would think it would do about as good a job as a 12 with proper chokes, no? 
Uh, ammo, availab uh, ammo availability shouldn't be an issue as the Canadian Tire around here always seems to have more 20 gauge than 12 and it's about the same price but I want the 20 for what it is rather than for any cost savings and that comes to us from Kyle. Kyle I can speak uh, with a little bit of uh, experience on this the difference between 12 gauge and 20 gauge is so minor you probably will not notice um, what you will notice is less recoil um, with very very similar effects downrange I have been shooting 20 gauge along with 12 gauge uh, for as long as I've been shooting guns I have a real soft spot in my heart for 20 gauge I, I, I wish I had a 20 gauge Mossberg 500 because I would probably shoot it more than my 12 gauge um, it's it it's everything that that you said basically make sure it's got a good a good set of chokes and um, and you're good to go you're gonna get less recoil and you're gonna be just as effective or very 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 close to just as effective downrange and uh, you're gonna be able to introduce new shooters with that gun and um, and, and yeah they, they will they, I think they'll appreciate you for for having a, a less uh, powerful uh, less kicky kicky there we go a less kicky gun <laughs> so I no. say go for it I, I say yes absolutely um, cost difference um, between 20 gauge and 12 gauge ammo wise you're not going to see much difference there either they're very similar in price in that regard so I say go for it you, you've got nothing to lose except a little bit of recoil and a few bruised shoulders hmm. I, that kind of surprised me I didn't know that it was around the same price yeah very very similar in prices um, hmm. for 20 gauge and 12 gauge 12 gauge is still slightly a little bit less expensive but not by hmm. much um, when you look at the gauges for availability um, and this, this what, I, what I'm about to say is information that I read off the internet about two years ago. So take it for what it's worth. Um, what I read was the amount of ammunition available in shotguns, half of it, so 50% of it, is 12 gauge. Of the other half, 50% of it is 20 gauge. And then the other 50% is everything else. <laughs> Of the other half, is okay, so if you want it all in the same, so 50% is 12 gauge, 25% is 20 gauge, and then all the rest of them are the other 25%, if, if that makes a bit more sense. So there is a, there is a lot of 12, uh, sorry, a lot of 20 gauge out there. It, it's the second most popular shotgun gauge, so you probably won't ever find yourself low on ammo. Yeah, I've seen, uh, I've seen 12 gauge, I've seen 20 gauge, I've seen 410. Um, one that I don't see a lot of is 16 gauge, mm. um, and it's too bad because 16 is a beautiful caliber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just have 12 gauges. That's all I've got. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got 12 gauge, 20 gauges, and 410. Um, I had a 10 gauge once, I think. I don't remember if that was mine or if it was Curtis's, but one of us had one. And yeah, I've never had a 16. I've always wanted a 16. Oh, and a 28. 28 gauge would be cool too. Hmm, yeah. I just like uh, yeah. The, the 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 16 gauge and the 28 gauge. The 16 gauge, of course, is that perfect perfect in between between the the 12 and the 20. Um, and a lot of guys really really like it because again, it's the same thing. You have you know even even closer to the same effectiveness as a 12 gauge, but you still have that reduced recoil. And then the 28 gauge is like halfway between the 20 and the 410. And uh, again, another sweet, another sweet shooting caliber. And by caliber, I mean gauge. Don't write me hate mail, people. <laughs> Come on. You know what's, what I mean. What's twenty-eight? What's twenty-eight gauge in caliber? Oh, that'd be weird to try to calculate. 
Uh, I don't go know. Go backwards from 410. <laughs> Maybe Man. like 50? I don't know. Who knows? I have no idea. I know, I know 12 gauge Someone is knows. 72. Yeah, 12 One gauge. So, so when someone know. says, I got a 50 cal, I'm like, yeah, I got a 72 cal. What? <laughs> 12 gauge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that blow your arm off? No. Basically cut that. a man in half. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you, Kyle. And uh, please let us know if you do get that 20-gauge. And uh, send us in a quick review on it whenever you do. Let us know how you like it. So this next one is an audio submission from Tom D. So Tom, uh, this is this is the guy who uh, who sent us the Canadian Uzi to play with. So Tom, uh, Tom has sent in an audio submission. And here it is. Hey, guys. Tom from Alberta listen to your last episode and I'd like to take this opportunity to extend my congratulations to the new guy, Adriel. Welcome to the harem of Canadian podcasting. I'm just on my way home from Cabela's with eight pounds of tight group and a pound of 231. If you want some, Trevor, just let me know. And with your Tula ammo there, Adriel, the lacquer on the case is after you shoot a bunch, it tends to heat up, coat your chamber, and then act like a super glue. Uh, anyway, yeah, so you just gotta clean that out. As for you guys coming out to Alberta, Matthew and Trevor, I have relatives that live in St. Paul, so I'd be more than willing to head out there and take a course with you guys. And I'll throw in $500 to the Get Your Butts to Alberta Fund. That's a challenge to all the other listeners to match or beat my contribution. Anyways, guys. Give you two thumbs up and one middle finger for not picking me <laughs> as the new host. <laughs> Just kidding. That's an edit point for Matthew, if you wish. All right. Talk to you guys later. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> one middle finger. <laughs> no edit points. <laughs> nope, nope, no. Nope. He didn't actually swear, so the edit point doesn't need to go in anywhere. Um, look, did you hear that 500 bucks he's, he's willing to throw into the pot to, uh, to start the fund for Trevor and Matthew to go to Alberta? So um, what we were planning on doing was if there's enough interest for uh, Trevor and I to come out and teach a course, um, we were thinking each person would, you know, depending on how many people we got, we would basically just split up the cost of a couple plane tickets and uh, and that would be the, the the course fee. I mean, we don't need to make any money. We just need to just to get out there and get home again. But um, yeah, so anybody else interested in in us coming out and putting on a course in in the St. Paul Alberta area, let us know. You don't have to pledge five hundred bucks like Tom did. Tom is awesome, though. By the way, um, we're definitely going to have him on the show soon, just to talk to him a little bit more about some stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, just let us know that you'd be interested and, and maybe willing to, to pay a, a bit of a fee to, to come be taught uh, some, some pistol shooting skills because uh, we're, we're certainly capable of teaching them and we love teaching them and we would love to go to Alberta and shoot some gophers in the face with whatever it is you got there for guns. So, 
Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, that sounds... Well, I mean, from, from the sounds of it, it sounds like it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. We'll have to get you guys out doing gophers, too. Let's see. 22, 17 HMRs, that kind of thing? Would it, yeah. Yeah, whatever you got. <laughs> yeah. I think I've got the like pretty much the same rifle that uh, Trevor has, so I think that and some 22s. Nice. Yeah. Trevor awesome. can shoot the 17, I'll shoot the 22 and do everything he does with the 17 with the 22. <laughs> <laughs> That's a challenge. All yeah. right. Um, if you want to send us an email, send us an email at slamfireradio at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys, so uh, please send, uh, send, send email in. Um, and iTunes reviews. We actually got one this week. It is on the American feed, so thank you, America. You guys rock. Um, his, his review starts off, or it's titled, Canadians Have Guns? And it's uh, by WTF Chuck. And he sent it uh, just a couple days ago. I have greatly enjoyed this show since finding it early last year. It's full conversation on competitive shooting, archery, 1911s, airplanes, and squirrels. <laughs> I'm saddened that having caught up on all 125 episodes to date that I will now have to cut back to a weekly dose of Canuck Gun Crack. Now, to see if this review gets read on the show before episode 150. <laughs> uh, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, keep up the great shows and try to get a few more Owens prepping corners in if you can wrangle them in for a full show. So we'll have to see about getting Owen back on for another prepping corner just for WTF Chuck. So thank you, Chuck, for uh, for writing in and leaving that review. We love it. That's great. Um, yeah, more, more, more squirrels shooting 1911s flying airplanes at people with archery soon. We'll, we'll 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 make that work in there somewhere somehow. It's more bow talk. It's a more bow talk. Yeah. With SKSs in between. Right. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Um I guess that brings us to the uh to the shout outs portion of the show. You got any shout outs, Adriel? Well, I just wanted to shout out to um to everyone and just saying thank you for welcoming me. I mean, um I don't think I had anyone uh, complain too much about my about uh all the stuff that I said that was wrong uh, on the last podcast. So I think I need to step it up and uh, make more mistakes and say more inflammatory things. Yeah, you're not really a host on this show until you get hate mail. <laughs> it's just it's I can't a, wait for it. <laughs> yeah, your first hate mail is always the best. Um, but uh, but honestly, I I believe in the five. Has it been five years I've been podcasting? Something like that. I've not me personally, but the show was received. I think one one email that was not that wasn't pleasant. One out of five years. So yeah, you, you might be waiting one, a while. What's that? It's gonna, if we get another one, it's going to be a hundred percent increase, and it's going to be all my fault. Basically, at this point, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So um, yeah. So anyway, no, it's uh, you know it, it has been great having you on so far. Anyway, for these these whole two shows so far, so uh, oh, the confidence. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, I guess that's it for this show. Uh, please check out the Crusader Podcast Network at crusaderpodcast.com. Uh, please join any or all of our firearms associations here in Canada. They support us, so it's important for us to support them. There are some new ones out there, so uh, keep your ear to the ground and see what they're up to and join them if they seem to be representing the same views that you held. Um, 
please check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. We've got our own forum there, and I post a show there, and sometimes Double Up Buck goes and says something in there. So Pretty much every time. Yeah, pretty much every time. 60% of the time, he's there every time. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, please like us on Facebook. It's uh, just another way for us to get noticed out there in the interwebs along with the iTunes reviews. Um, We're currently at 1,275 likes on Facebook, so that's cool. And as of this week, we got uh, four thumbs up from the American guy and, uh, and then two thumbs up from that Alberta guy. So that, 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 that. That, that's Tom and, and Mike there for you people who couldn't keep up. So, yeah, 32 thumbs up currently. So that's cool. Um, other than that, uh, that that's, that's, that's the show for this week. So, Adriel, pr- profound thought to, to close us out? Profound thoughts. Hmm. Uh, 223, 308, um, all the calibers, all the time, all good. Huh. Is that right. profound enough? Sure. Well, I, I, I wasn't expecting nearly that much. I was expecting some sort of awkward kind of like, huh? What does profound mean? So that's been working with Trevor too much. All right. I think that's an awkward enough ending. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's wrap it up. We'll see you guys next week. Okay. Thanks. See you. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.